the future of photography. Hey everybody and welcome to the future of photography and this is a very very special show. It is our show 100. I was I was hoping you would say it's a special show because Chris is back. Well, it's it's that too. It honestly, it that was right right at the top of my list, just under show one hundred. <laughs> there were there were, there were definitely no other topics between show one hundred and it being good because you're back. It's good. <laughs> Go ahead then. <laughs> okay. All right. So um and and with that permission, um I sh- I shall indeed. So yeah, show one hundred. All four of us are here today. Um and we we we've just decided to play around with the show today. So we're going to do some fun stuff we got we've all got some ideas and some some things to discuss um first of all though i just just wanted to open with a huge thank you to all our listeners um all the people that have written in all the people that have posted their their images with the the tfop now hashtag just just everybody for everybody that's taken part in this i mean it's been now it's been nearly two years to to get to show 100, which is kind of obvious, really, for a mostly weekly show. <laughs> but it's been nearly two years, and uh, it's been great to 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 be in contact with everybody that that has been part of it. And uh, you know, so first of all, I'd like to start off with a really big thank you to everybody. Um, our, our little show here it started almost by accident, didn't it, Chris? <laughs> It it did. We we did our recording in Kathmandu while waiting for a friend in a cafe. Yeah, yeah. I see, I seem to uh, yes, I seem to remember. We were sat there. It was nice and warm, and uh, Kathmandu uh, is is a was a crazy city for me. I don't think I've ever been anywhere so busy and and noisy and bustly. And I and I go to London most days, (laughs) (laughs) but London's got not not even close to Kathmandu. Uh, And uh, yeah, the the cafe, the little courtyard was was beautiful and quiet. And uh, yeah, we should probably give a shout out to your friend who owns the place, shouldn't we? Yeah, that was um, Krishna. Krishna's the owner of that place. And uh, it's the Revolution Cafe in Kathmandu so if you happen to be there in the vicinity go say hi to him yes well he certainly felt uh, it was my first time visiting and he certainly made me feel very welcome so yeah absolutely everybody should go there um then uh yes so we did the first few shows there I think our very first listener feedback was go somewhere quieter (laughs) it was a bit of yeah well it's Kathmandu right yeah yeah right yeah (laughs) it's a it's a backyard but there's still enough Always coming in. You should have side. said that you are in some place quieter. Yeah, well, we, yeah. I, I should point. have. I'll, I'll use that next time with your permission. <laughs> <laughs> Granted. I, and what have we gotten up to since then? Oh, uh, so, so I, I, I certainly have massively enjoyed all of our opportunities to chat, to ramble on about stuff, to speculate, to laugh, uh, and and actually the serious ones as well. And you know, just you know, there, there are there've been a couple of fairly serious topics we've tried to address you know just to you know at least for, from the angle that we come at this stuff from uh and uh you know it's been good to have that range of conversations we've talked about toys we've talked about tech we've talked about social impact we've talked about art and we've also talked about stuff that completely unrelated to the whole of the remit for the podcast but that's okay too <laughs> yeah that's that, that i mean that's that's pretty much what this show is about because the the future the future of photography is very colorful and very interesting so a lot of lots of things fit in there for sure 
Absolutely. And along the way, you've picked up some stragglers like Emar and myself. Yeah. Um, what what episode? Hitchhiking. You, uh, just just hitchhiking just checking that you that you guys are here. Emar, are you here too? I'm here too. Yeah. <laughs> Lowering the tone. When when did we pick you up on the on the wayside? Let me see. Uh, it was a while time? ago. Now it I must it must it be it must must be almost twenty episodes ago. Yeah, that's it's twenty episodes. One okay. one hundred. I, I, I yeah, it's, it's fifteen episodes ago, but um, that makes you veterans. You've been <laughs> with us for for so long. Not now. fifteen episodes already. It no. is fifteen. Anyway, episodes. I feel yeah, like no, these things catch up with you, Emma. Suddenly the numbers get really high, <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah, time get, flies. Better get used to it. You know what? That's what aging is all about. <laughs> yeah, it just gets faster. <laughs> you know, you know what Orson Welles said about Los Angeles. Uh, Nice little sidebar about aging. He says, you sit down, you're 21. You stand up, you're 61. <laughs> On the outside. I stand up when I'm 61. I'll count myself lucky. <laughs> so we've got a, a, a variation on a theme today. Uh, yeah, given that it's show 100, we're, doing, we're going to allow ourselves to indulge a little in a, in a little bit of reminiscing uh, and, a, a, and a little bit of even longer term speculation, possibly. But, uh, you know, uh, I, let's, let, let's just randomly start with Chris. Chris, photo highlight, you know, re reminiscent, uh, <laughs> indulgent photo highlight uh, of the last couple of years, even of, of the Future of Photography podcast. Well, I, I, I think I want to I wanna... Uh, I want to go along the theme of this show, which often is the the speed of development and how how quickly things change, and we're right in the middle of it. And um, that's I mean that's pretty much what what sparked this show for me is that speed of development and that feeling that uh, we're in the middle of something big here, something that's going on. Um, and it came from from look backwards pretty much because before that i've been dealing a lot with film photography looking at the history of photography but at the same time this whole uh, computational angle came along and it has it has really exploded over the last i'd say five years maybe and the development is so fast that um yeah sometimes i i, I do follow several news sites that talk about these developments in in uh, in artificial intelligence and what that's doing to photography and what that's doing to videography. And it's just mind-boggling. So, yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I, I thought this this needs a home somewhere where people talk about that. And uh, at the same time, it's not that's not the only thing we talk about. We, of course, look at the cultural impacts and things. And also, the other thing that then kind of came up and i've i've been looking back to episode seven actually um one of our very early ones um where we had this quote in uh, by uh adam savage of mythbusters fame because he you might remember adrian he made this observation that uh lately and that was that was in um let's see that was in december 2017 he made the ob observation that Lately, the cameras that people would bring to his live shows and the meet and greets uh, have changed. More people brought bigger, more dedicated cameras. So that was interesting for me to see because it was, it was during a time where, where smartphones were at least where it felt like they were taking over. 
Um, and the other thing is that people also brought analog media, film-based cameras more to these kind of meetings. So the pendulum is definitely swinging both ways. <laughs> and I find this uh, really interesting. So that's that's kind of my it's it's not a photo highlight it's more of a it's more of a, a an observation well you know we did say we were going to be in a little self-indulgent didn't we so observe and you're right it's you know having started uh you know comment on the on the analog side having started a film photography pod podcast some three and a half years ago now so uh, 16 Sunny 16, yeah, three and a half years ago, we started Sunny 16, just putting out, I think, show 172, I think, is going out this week, or went out yesterday, something like that, anyway. Um, and uh, the the change in, in the landscape for film photography in that time has been enormous. I mean, you know, we had, uh, in 2017, we had a huge amount of a huge number of new announce announcements of new products new films coming back and all sorts isn't it um, interesting that film photography has has kind of a new cycle now again which it didn't uh, have it, for for it, the longest time it, it was it, it was a big surprise to us when we started sunny 16 that we, we never thought it would be a news podcast <laughs> but like, it is not about film photography but it's but there's 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 stuff going on all over the place but it, it really has and it's interesting it seems to have normalized somewhat so i i think i'm 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 with adam savage on this one i think yeah over the over the time since we started future of photography there it has normalized somewhat people people you know are, are no longer thinking of film photography as a as a weird thing that is indulged in by hipsters you know only the, you know, film photography has now come back to a, a place of normality and, and i've recognition. seen that too i've seen that too especially with youngsters who don't uh who don't have any analog history they now look at film photography and they just almost shrug it off and it's like okay right it's just another thing yeah. just another thing but it's, yeah, but it's, always, it's great i i've been very curious about the the desire we we touched on this last week a bit but the, the kind of desire for digital photographers to emulate um, film photography in terms of grain and look and contrast and light leaks and all of that stuff. And I'm always curious as to, well, why? That's just a, a rhetorical question. But the experience of shooting film, which, you know, I grew up shooting film and I, I didn't want any light leaks. I really didn't want <laughs> massive amounts of grain. <laughs> you know, um, so... You know, a lot of our work in, you know, selection of chemistry and how we kind of pushed and pulled and, and we would get, you know, we would, I remember loving Agfa, discovering Agfa's very fast black and white film. And I think using Rodinol, I might, I forget. Oh. I <laughs> and, and, and really sharpening that grain and going, wow, there's an aesthetic here to kind of really kind of vibrant grain and as you move towards uh greater and greater slickness uh in terms of of the uh, digital image we're now faced with some very interesting feedback here in both ways the new film by ang lee which i think i believe opens today is that the one with uh, will smith Yes, and it's getting horrible reviews, by the way. I, I haven't seen it, but the reviews 
are based on the technology that Ang Lee used, which is shooting it at 120 frames a second or, yeah, you know, yeah, I think 120 frames, but you know, there are maybe, uh, half a dozen, um, theaters in the country that can project on that level. And the review reviewers who have seen that just go, it, it, it's just, yeah. And it's in 3d. So Ang Lee's argument is we've been too attached to film as an aesthetic. We've got to get beyond it. We've got to push the limits. This is a new way of seeing. This is a new way of experiencing. Didn't we and have yet the, the same kind of criticism when, when The Lord of the Rings came out in 48, we did. Uh, yeah. we, 48 uh, we did. frames per second? Yeah, because yeah, it, it felt like kind of bad soap opera video. It's not what we're used to. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you've just touched on something. In other words, if you came out of the jungle as a feral child and never experienced any kind of projected imagery and would see that for the first time and develop that as your kind of baseline foundational aesthetic, you may think that that is absolutely beautiful. And looking at a grainy image on film or still, you would go, what the, what's this? This is messed up. I, I think our experience of of an aesthetic of film, whether it's digital or or kind of cinematic film, comes from how we initially embraced um, the aesthetic when we began our experiences in photography, much like what we would consider comfort food, you know, the food yes, that we yes, were, totally. you know, and, and and I think that's a very interesting um, approach. An uh, emotional approach to how we respond to both, you know, the light leak of of a of an image, whether it's real or imposed, and a absolutely state of the art phase one, hundred and fifty megabyte image that is absolutely slick, or a huge, you know, eight by ten um, negative that is blown up massively, uh, there are different kind of initial emotional responses. And I think it all comes back to where it began for us. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Um, It's interesting, but, but um, just to, uh, to look a bit deeper into that. um, If you look at, let's say gamers today, computer gamers, uh, some of them have games that go at 120 frames per second. And that they are used to that look, and still some of them don't feel that the movies with the high frame rate look right. So I, I would, I would argue that it might also be something that is much deeper, much more visceral, and maybe something that's that's inside of us and not something that we've learned. Yeah, I wonder. I, I wonder if there's a. I don't way know. I don't of, know. It's just something I, I that I either. observed. Yeah. Yeah. It's I mean, a, it's an interesting, interesting question. I think. I think that there may be an interesting a, a research project for someone who has access to a brain scan MRI okay, <laughs> to so this- actually show people images and uh, of different kind of qualities and see what the uh, brain response is. So all uh, all brain scientists out in the audience, you know, you have your work cut out for you now. <laughs> yeah, let us know, right, and tell us what you found out or interested. 
Okay, well, that's interesting stuff, and I'm not quite sure whether that's a good segue, Jeremiah, uh, into <laughs> your photo highlight for this week, or whether actually it's an even better one for for Emus. I don't know, Ema, t- 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 take take us through your photo highlights for this week. Yeah, um, I kind of um, went for a couple of more things to spark creativity this week than being specifically about photography, but they'll be very good for your photography. And the first one is. Um, a book called The Art of Noticing by a guy called Rob Walker. And it's just a series of prompts um, that just make you look at the world differently. It's really interesting. Um, we can put the, the website link into the notes and um, it, it's a nice little thing to follow on a daily basis. Um, they're completely random, the um prompts let me just see if i can find you a couple so it's just about looking differently at your environment so discover the big within the small sketch a room you just left follow the quiet review the everyday hunt in for thin get there the hard way eat somewhere dubious trespass make a field guide talk to a stranger listen to an elder they're lovely things it's um uh, something i was introduced to by um Bernie Goldback, who you've had on the show before, mm. and he's using it with his students now. Um, so uh, I thought it was a really interesting way, especially, you know, there'd be a lot of sort of, as they call them, digital natives, and to sort of, it's, it's to get you away from the screen and um, just a, a bit more of an explorer of what's around you. It's lovely. So that's my highlight of, of the week. For, um, I like it. I really like it. Kind of reminds me of um, uh, what is it? Uh, Brian Eno's um, oblique strategy. Does does did anyone hear of yeah. that? I yes. have. A, yeah, it's it's, it's have pretty it, much yeah. a, a set of prompts that come from music, but um, I've used them in other creative endeavors as well. And uh, it's yeah, it's 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 very similar stuff, just mm. from a different angle. Here, I'm just opening up one. Use filters. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never thought of that. <laughs> Go to an extreme. Move back to a more comfortable place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They're very physical, aren't they? Sort of. Um, they're very, yeah. Specific. Yeah. Interesting. Well, often, the- if you're blocked, the best thing to do is to engage in a major physical activity <laughs> to kind of regain cerebral inspiration do, do it while mm-hmm. taking a walk mm-hmm. so so the art of noticing the art of noticing yeah 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 we'll put the, do yeah and it's a lovely um uh, it's a lovely book physical book as well it's really nice but you can um you can pretty much um you can read large chunks of it he has a blog and um he's just an interesting guy in general i think I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just uh, thinking about physical books because that's another thing that kind of hasn't gone away for me, even though every book is now digital. But oh no, doesn't um, like a physical book. Very, very simple uh, thing that the, the 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 human as a haptic being, as a mm. as, as touch as a touchy being. Yeah, it's it, I, I I it is because we have in our house here we still have lots and lots of books. And uh, I still buy books, um, although the, uh, the the nature of the books I, I buy has changed somewhat, I have to say. So for, if it's just you know, the sort of sci-fi novel that I like to lose myself in for hours on end, I'm quite happy to read that in electronic form. But if it's uh, but, but the sort of books I buy are very much more 
production pieces you know uh photography books or, or books with lots of it, other books with lots of imagery in and stuff like that which you know uh i guess you could downgrade them and call them coffee table books but it's more than that isn't it really we all know it's more than that <laughs> i don't think okay, you well, have a coffee table <laughs> don't you <laughs> Uh, I don't you're have a coffee not, your table coffee either. doesn't hang around enough to be put down anywhere. <laughs> well, we have a, co- a, a table don't where get we drink coffee. Don't drink coffee. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jeremiah, why don't you tell us about your photography highlight this week? Well, my photography highlight comes from a uh, a photographer called Christian Stangl. S T A N G L. Um, he, you know, he took. Uh, images from the, uh, I guess, the European Space Agency that released about 400,000 images from the Rosetta Comet mission. And he put these together with, uh, he's a motion designer, uh, and uh, he worked with, I guess, his brother, Wolfgang. And they created a short film called The Comet and it is absolutely hypnotic. It's so beautiful, and it's the kind of thing that could never have been done even five years ago. Just imagining that the images are taken from deep space, and yet they are abstracted and put together in a way that creates a real connection um, to the aesthetic of deep space photography. I really thought that this was a uh, an amazing piece. Uh, it's up on Vimeo. And again, I guess you would just... L- I'll put the link up. But Christian Stengel is his name, and the work is called The Comet. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've actually watched yeah, this about I, a I month ago. It's good, huh? And it is, it is so mesmerizing. I, I, be- mm-hmm. I believe that uh, if, if uh, Kubrick did 2001 again, he would use images like that now. Yeah, That's I agree. really the feeling that I get there. Mm. A modern, a modern so. take on some of these things, mm. but it's it's you not a take. It? it is actual, actual yeah, footage it's, and it's photos really from out there, which makes it even more, even more amazing. Yeah, the fact that he personalized them in in a way is also a tribute to his talent. And 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 the the, the little marks he puts on them, the the, yeah. the text he puts on yeah. screen, mm. that it's it's almost like a little. Like a little science fiction. Yeah. I, I highly encourage people to experience this. Yeah. Adrian. Oh, well, I, I, I'm <laughs> going to wax reminiscent again, I'm afraid. So, yes, this is good. It's great. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's something to get lost in that video, isn't it? But it's, uh, uh, I'm going to take us back a little bit. Just a couple of shows. I, uh, the, 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 uh, I was looking back through the hundred shows that we've done. And two of them stuck out in my mind and, and you know, for, for different reasons. One of them is about the social impact of photography. One is about the technical side. The, the technical one is, um, funnily enough, it's related to space as well. But it was the photography or the, the photographing of a black hole for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this was show 77. Um, so I'm guessing it was about five months ago six months ago maybe 77 uh, and uh yeah re- remembering the story how you know how one one 
person one uh scientist she she was um instrumental in creating the algorithms that would stitch together all the various different feeds of, of data and not all not all of those were photographs by any stretch of the imagination at least not in the sense that we normally talk about them um to to create the image of a, of a black hole for the for the first time um and and i was um I, that i i was somewhat in awe of that actually um you know just not just the 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 reach the science the maths the the creativity that needs to be brought into uh together all of those things that need to be together um just to make these images um and i and i thought they were amazing um and and uh you know really 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 for me was wow we can do this so it's again it's, it's a different kind of approach because this of course is science it's very factual or it's only factual but but similar to to what we were just talking about about the comet um yeah it's it, it's you know that's kind of imagery you know and and i am a big sci-fi fan right and and i i do appreciate the the well we were just talking about 2001 i watched that earlier this year for, for the first time in many many years uh, and uh, mm. you know it's just beautiful and yeah it's mm. dated but it's just beautiful but these mm. are real <laughs> um, and the fact that we we could have you know a conversation about taking a photograph of a black hole which by its very nature is rather dark <laughs> it's just like i don't know quite what iso they needed to take a picture of something like a black hole but yes <laughs> but that that was one i wanted to remember uh, and the other one actually for me for me personally even more influential is uh takes us back a bit further uh which is to show 46 which was one of the shows the second show i think that we did about uh, how wearing body cameras changes the behavior of people of the person that's wearing the camera and the person that might be observed and recorded by that camera uh and uh Chris, and, if and, you not remember, just, we, and not just that it can be gravely misinterpreted because of that specific viewpoint exactly i was mm -hmm. just about to go there if you remember we saw some footage created i think um by uh it, in the United States, and I think related some to law enforcement yeah. of some kind, um, where they were showing, you know, what do you think is happening when you view this footage? Um, and then, you, and you think there's a, a scuffle and a fight and a physical fight. Uh, and actually, when you pan back and you see the wide shot, they're, they're dancing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, oh. And it, this was done to prove a point. And, and the, for me, the, the capping element of that whole conversation over a couple of shows was that um, one of our listeners, uh, a man by the name of John, um, contacted us and he, he wrote us a, a big, long email about his real world experience of being a police officer in the United States and wearing a body camera and the behavioral changes or not that he had noticed. Um, and he, he wrote it and he very kindly allowed us to talk about the experiences that he shared with us. Um, and that for me was you know, was a a really strong moment in the history of this podcast that we you know that we got to talk about real world examples of how photography and how the technology and the future of photography changes behavior. Uh, it's um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, not 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 to get too deep and philosophical about these things, but th those are my photography highlights. I, I've taken the liberty of, of looking backwards this week and, and at the past rather than what's going on around me today. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. But, uh, 
Yes, very cool indeed. All right, well, let's see. On, on with the main topic. And we have chosen, <laughs> the, it, it, along with our theme of self-indulgence for this show, uh, we've chosen to do something that is actually really quite hard um, because we are going to discuss some of the future of photography uh, images that we have made, images that we all believe uh, are worthy or, or of the TFOP now hashtag. Um and uh, it's going to be the, the way I said difficult because, of course, it is difficult in audio to describe some some pictures. So we're not going to get bogged down in this. So we've all got to keep all four of us. We've all got to keep an eye on what the others are saying. All right. We've got to keep ourselves honest on this one. <laughs> uh, but we'll talk about some of the images. And, uh, of course, for those who can see, uh, for those people who are not listening whilst driving or operating heavy machinery. <laughs> There are links in the show notes because um, we have a, a, a shared album. You can go and see uh, uh, where these images are, are posted. So with that in mind, where do we want to start? Who's, who, who's brave enough let's, to talk about their imagery first? Let, let's, let's first, before, before we go there, anyone who wants to watch and uh, look at the photos at the same time, there is a shortened URL that you can go to an address. It's tfttf.com slash photos tfttf.com slash tfop photos and that'll take you to our online gallery and all the pictures we will talk about are there for you to look at yeah yes so does anybody want to volunteer to go first or well, shall, 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 I, shall we, I pick shall somebody? we talk <laughs> shall we talk about our own pictures or shall we talk about other pictures um, okay, my, my, my suggestion for, for a mode to do this is that um, each of us, and let, let's maybe do one or two or three rounds, let's see how long we take for this, but uh, everyone picks a picture that they took and introduces it and gives a bit of a background and then the others <laughs> rip it to shreds. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, 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 because I'm masochist, I'll, I'll, I'll go and, and you guys can <laughs> rip me to shreds. I'm... <laughs> Go ahead. More than capable of feeling so, the pain, and so you'll have to give us a description of the photo because I'm. Okay, uh, uh, it's easiest for me to to find sure. them here. The the picture um, has a, a a title called "The New Old West." It's fundamentally uh, a monochrome picture with a green hue. It appears to be a landscape of a cabin uh, in the snow and woods somewhere in the American West. So that's the image. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling. I'm scrolling too. I'm scrolling. <laughs> oh, all scrolling. <laughs> I've this got makes, it. I've got it. Don't worry. Yeah. This makes for very, very good, good radio. This is very good audio. Yeah. This makes I think for very I know where this radio. comes I think oh, I know where yeah. this comes from as well, Jeremiah. Okay. Yeah. I might be wrong, so, but I think I know where I think I know where you shot this. So you've been there. <laughs> uh, this nearby. Image, nearby. <laughs> this image was uh, captured in the landscape uh, created by the artists uh, who uh, put together Red Rock Redemption, um, a, a PlayStation, or, you know, it's a video game. Mm -hmm. And um, I have, uh, in uh, a body of work that I have done, uh, gone into these locations effectively, moved through them uh, in many ways uh, similar to how I would do it in the uh, real world, so-called real world. We could be in the Matrix, but 
I'll just <laughs> call it the real world for the purposes of this podcast. Um, and then find the, you know, the composition I like, wait for the light, uh, compose, and then I'll take the picture. And once I export it, then I will work it to appear um, realistic in the sense that we don't immediately feel that it's from a um, a video game and it creates its own aesthetic. Uh, it looks very different than what it feels like in the game. There's no gameplay uh, at all where I where I capture it. It's just um, very much in the realm of, you know, capturing the mood, the fog, the light. Sometimes I will add more fog. Sometimes I will add more texture. Yeah, I'll work me, it with. So Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, done. Um, let, me, let me ask a couple of technical questions. Um, mm -hmm. Does the game have a dedicated photography mode? Um, some do and some don't. Uh, on this one, at this point in the game, uh, no, I don't believe it does. You you can do a screen capture. Um, it's a bit trickier. The photo modes in some of the games are very, very low quality, and I, mm -hmm. I tend to bypass them. Sometimes I will adjust them or work around them or work with them. It really depends on the games themselves. That's, that's what I've heard, is that the photo modes in games, if they have photo modes, uh, are very basic and very uh, much geared towards non-photographers. That's right. And th yeah. they're basically there to share your gaming experience with the community of gamers. They're not meant for um, pulling off and, and creating a... But wouldn't it be amazing to have a virtual camera in there that you have uh, all the usual settings on, change your aperture, get some depth of field in there? Some, some games do. Um, some games do actually i've got some in here as well which i i captured in in another game in in my case it was grand theft auto 5 um and uh the the photo mode in that is basically your character that you're walking around as has a has a cell phone and when you want to take a photo he pulls out the cell phone and you have to choose the camera app on the phone <laughs> and oh wow then, and then you and then you get the photography <laughs> interface <laughs> but but does that allow you to set stuff like exposure time and so on uh you can in this particular game you can um you can play with shutter speed and exposure compensation i think um so so you do have choices around it it also has a zoom um it's the only zoom cell phone i've ever had <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's uh, you know it, it does it does have some controls. It doesn't doesn't demonstrate them. Doesn't sorry doesn't present them in the you know uh, aperture shutter speed ISO kind of format that we might all be used to as photographers in the real world. Uh, but it uh, if anything actually is is almost more like um, using some kind of fairly automated video camera is is, is the, the way it kind of works mm. um yeah i mean it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't talk in terms of gain and iris and things like that but it, it but it, it sort of feels a bit more like that in a way but in in the image that is above it which looks uh, which feels like alexandria 49 bc with a figure crouched on a mm -hmm. on a uh, on a wall that that uh i believe was from Assassin's Creed, and there was a photography app that allowed me to kind of adjust the depth of field and control it very much like a camera. 
Then I outputted it to PNG and uh, took it into Photoshop and layered it. And that's the result of the image. Read photography so, inside a game. Yeah. That's it. And, uh, you know, I had a, 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 like a show last fall in Buenos Aires that was all of that. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was from Grand Theft Auto, but it was all street photography, virtual street photography. But most of it looked very realistic. It, it, people did not know it was from a game until they were told. Yeah, I've, I've seen the photos on your website. It's very impressive um, stuff. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I, I thought just in terms of the future of photography and what's real, and, and but controlling the aesthetic and a appropriation and what's real and what's not and i thought it it it's very engaging for me in terms of the meta of it to really kind of understand that in in i think the skills that we will really need to develop over the next you know 50 years or whatever should we as a species last that long is the ability to really discern what we think is real or not, fake or not, and we've talked about this a lot on the show, but the entire um, way that we reason or see or agree about what truth is, is something that is um, and has never really been in question up till now. Mm -hmm. So I, I throw that out. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I, I like it. The the um the the uh, one that you've just said is from Assassin's Creed. I didn't know what what game it was from, but I definitely had to look twice at that one and, and peer at it really hard and say to myself, mm, "Yeah, I, I don't know, I don't know." <laughs> well, and and we and we are only going to see more of that. Um, I I have to come back to the whole field of virtual reality and augmented reality um, because. There you can be inside one of those things. It's not just looking at a flat screen, but being part of it and then walking yeah. around and taking your photos or your virtual photos. And I look um, forward to that. It's going to be interesting. And you can take photos of a winter landscape without being cold. <sighs> that I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> That's a really good point. Having so you're been... not going to go to low photon anymore then, Chris? Well, the, the thing is, I've, I, I definitely will because... Being there, there's nothing that replaces be actually being there for me. Mm. At least not yet. Yeah. I actually like shooting in the snow. It's quite beautiful. I I I certainly like it. Yes, especially when so, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, why don't you pick one of yours? Okay, uh, so I've uploaded uh, a set of what is it? Two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine photos. Um, they're all black and white and um the it's it's Actually, even no. even even though they're not kind of very similar in terms of what they show and how they look um they have something in common and uh the, the thing that kind of binds them together is that they are all apart from one which i'll let you guess have been taken with a smartphone so, uh, the, are these the gr the grouping the posted nine with the pirate yes, flag? Is yes, the one with the pirate flag is the first one, and then the other ones kind of go together. Um, with that, and they've all, apart from one, been taken with a smartphone. And uh, this goes back to the the old 4s iPhone 4s. Uh, I don't even know how long ago that was, but the the pirate flag was the one that um, has 
has been uh, taken with that kind of oldish iPhone. And I make a point when I do photography with my bigger cameras that I always throw in a couple of smartphone photos. I've always done that from the start pretty much just to see if people would notice and to kind of gauge how the how the perception of people changes and no one ever pointed out, oh, this must be from a smartphone. You know, Not Chris, a I, I, would, person. I, I would say that that, especially if you're looking um, on screen, that's never been more true. Uh, I recently have started using the iPhone 11 and <laughs> it is a series. It's the 11 plus with the three lenses. It yeah. it's a serious camera, absolutely amazing. Yes, and um, you know I I've also been showing people stuff that I've shot on my Leica Q, which is a little bit more expensive. <laughs> and this, when it's reduced uh, to Instagram, for example, or even on screen, it's you wouldn't be able to very tell. hard. No, yeah. not at all. So all the processing on these, and there's a little here and there, um, has has also been done on smartphones. So it's uh, pretty much is a self-contained system for these photos. So how, how do you find that, Chris? Because I know that you, you really do love shooting with your big proper SLRs. What do you mean, how, how I find that? Well, do, do, you, do you enjoy it? Do you find it, did you well, find it liberating or constraining? Or? No, it, it is definitely liberating. And it's all of these photos, maybe apart from one or two, are photos that I couldn't have taken any other way, either by not having a bigger camera with me at that point or by using something, uh, something of, the, of the smartphone technology that allowed me to do this. I mean, if you look at the at the wide one with the reflection in the water that's uh, that's a panorama from a smartphone and um this was the only way to kind of get this sweeping shot uh, the other one is under it the people on this um on this escalator um that's a long in in air quotes long exposure from a smartphone which it just layers a bunch of photos that it takes um, that was so, really nice. Actually, I really wanted to know how you shot that. I can see that it's because I can see it's a, 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 an iOS live photo. So it's probably got about 12 frames in it. But how do you get it to, to be all each frame to be blurry? Well, the, what the phone does, the phone takes multiple photos anyway, it takes this live photo, which consists of a bunch of photos. It's like a little movie. And then there's this mode in in your camera app that you just swipe up and say the make it a long exposure it's, it's oh, in there okay. it, it, it's in there and takes a second there there's another thing about using your iphone as opposed to kind of your main kind of quote proper camera unquote is people um when you move around the world with your phone since <laughs> every there are billions of these things the quote threat level of being photographed is not so significant for people when they see somebody with a phone taking definitely. a snap. Yeah, definitely. It's very different if you're holding up a, a, a camera in front of your face and composing carefully. It puts people in a more self-conscious mood, whether, and if they're sort of, if you're shooting street photography, it, it's even more uh, complicated in terms of expressions and awareness. But with your, um, you know, your your phone, people are very relaxed around phones in any situation in terms of being on the street. Um, so I find that 
in terms of the subjects, that creates a much different opportunity to create images or capture yes. images than it does. Uh, and I'm not holding one over the other in terms of what I prefer because um, I, you know, I, I I work with a camera. One of my Leicas, you know, is, you know, traditional and I have to compose it and nothing is automatic and I focus it. Everything is very deliberate. And if I'm using my cue, I can set it to automatic everything and really kind of move much faster. It creates a different uh, feel for what I am trying to do. I, I'm just approaching things at a different uh, zone in my head. And again, if I'm using my iPhone, it's different as well. So I think our tools um, create a some kind of um, push out into the world that tends to have a reaction, uh, which could be good, formal, posed, uh, focused, or much more playful. And, um, you know, uh, it creates different imagery. And there's a, <clears throat> I'd say, a time, a place, and a situation for every kind of camera these days. Yeah, huh? yeah. I think so. Wonderful. Um, Adrian, how about you? Well, um, uh, well, I, uh, I've got a few in here that are shot within the game, but I, I'll, I'll uh, pass over those for now because we've already talked about shooting, uh, shooting mm -hmm. within a game. But some of these are, I, I've never really done this before, uh, so I, I don't have as as much track record in this as Jeremiah does. But um, the the ones uh, for anybody that follows the link in the show notes, you can see which of us has posted, and you'll so so you'll see that I've posted, I think seven uh images that i i've shot within a game um uh and it's interesting these are straight out of the game i have not post-processed these yet um so so they they very much look like they're in a game and I, i'm sort of thinking about them more from a sort of pictorial sense i guess and and mm. the the composition and the light and the imagery rather than any kind of photorealism and it's fun i'm enjoying it actually it's had a whole new dimension to uh to to, to the game itself but uh, I think I'll pick out a couple uh, um, uh, again. I'll, I'll I'll pick out a couple that are made on phones. Um, the 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 first one um, is I'll pick out is one where I've tried to use effects, but sort of in in a way that wouldn't stand out. So uh, the the photo itself is is a photo. It's a cityscape at night, and there's a, there's a, a big red construction crane mm -hmm. is is the main. It is the main subject of the image. Um, I shot this um, from an office window, actually, <laughs> uh, about thirty stories up in the, in the heart of London. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, this image it has been. I shot it on my phone, uh, and it has been processed. Um, and it's been processed uh, with the addition of uh, anamorphic like flares <laughs> i knew that you that would say that um inter interestingly enough what i see i see this often on photos taken with uh, smartphones but it's usually because people uh smeared the lens with their greasy fingers and didn't clean it before taking a photo and you get a similar effect sometimes but often it's diagonal and it looks kind of weird um, so this one looks very deliberate here. Yes, it, it, it is. It is deliberate. Um, I, it's used with uh, an app, uh, I, which I believe is called 
lens flare (laughs) very inventive (laughs) hey it works though um and it and it's one of these ones and there are any number of them out there of course but it's one of these apps that gives you a whole selection of flares in different colors different shapes different sizes and you can position them zoom them scale them but you didn't add any lights you just enhanced the existing lights with some flares Right. Uh, I think that was it. Yes, I think that there may be one of them where there where, where there was only really a tiny light, and I've kind of gone over it a bit too much, almost. But what I was, I, I, I in my mind, I, I was the cinematographer of Blade Runner, <laughs> or or Mr. or Mr. Abrams. <laughs> well, know, he's very, very famous for the animorphic look, isn't he, J.J. Abrams? Yes. <laughs> you know, it's very it's very interesting how flare itself used to be something we we tried to uh, eliminate. It was a defect. Lens hood. It used to be a yes, defect. Yes, like I don't want anybody to be aware of my lens and the kind of lens, and you know, we need flags and we need big lens hood, and you never shoot into the light. And of course. Even at the beginning of coded lenses, it was all that. Now, you know, we we love those flaws because they remind us of more fingerprints on it, and uh, we like the tactile uh, of it all. And uh, you know, I, me yeah. included, I've, for, I for I me, love it makes it more natural, or almost yeah. more organic. Because you know, some of the modern lenses they're they're it's clinical. Hard to get flares. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. Hard well, it's very hard flares. to get flares, and but it, but it's it's. A lot of modern lenses I personally find are very clinical in their look. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I won't n- name any brands as such, but I, I, I have brands in my head which I associate with a very clinical look, and I have brands in my head of lenses that I associate with a more organic look. Um, and uh, I find often I'm drawn to the more organic looking ones. It's not that I don't want the photos to be sharp or anything like that. I do like a nice sharp photo, but I, I there, there's something ineffable about it. Um, uh, about, you know, you, you, you pick your favorite lenses, don't you over time as you, as you play with stuff. Um, and, and this, this, this particular image, right, this was, you know, uh, it wasn't planned. I happened to be in, uh, in this office building, uh, as the sun was setting and, uh, you know, there happened to be a construction site next door with a big red crane in it. <laughs> and I thought, okay, well, I'll take a shot. And then I was playing with it afterwards. And I thought, you know, th- this would benefit from some, some treatment of some sort. Um, and, uh, the, the, there's a couple, uh, of the ones that I, I've uploaded to our shared album here, which have a, a similar sort of treatment. Yeah. We're just adding, adding some flares, which hopefully in some ways, uh, look at least a little bit natural. Um, can I ask the, you, uh, sure. you, you don't use, uh, Photoshop or Lightroom, right? Uh, no, if I need to do any more heavy editing these days, I usually use affinity photo on my iPad. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, but for example, um, does affinity photo, I should know this since I have it, but I don't use it. Um, do they have a camera function on them like Lightroom does? So you can actually shoot from your phone in raw and then immediately. Edit. Oh, I see. Um, uh, no, cause affinity photo doesn't have a camera function, but, uh, I mean, I have other apps that can capture in mm-hmm. raw. Um, did you know Hipstamatic can shoot raw? I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. In the settings in Hipstamatic, you can set what to capture. So you can set it. And, you know, like a lot of these filter-based apps, you can say, we'll keep the original. Um, yeah, so you, you end up with two images every time you hit the shutter. Yeah, it's a, one process with the filter and one one just natural from the camera. In Hipstamatic, you can shoot raw. 
Wow. Even in the new why, one. Why, why you'd want reading. to in Hipstamatic, I don't know. But <laughs> 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 I've, I've just installed the, the new one because they just released don't a new uh, little app. Imar, you probably have that, right? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit last week. I don't we, like it. We did. Mm, I, I I, my, my impression of it hasn't got any more favourable. No, no, don't like it at all. Don't like it at all. Mm. And I really hope they don't take away the other one. I'll be very upset. I really will. Probably will. Yeah. So no. I'll, I'll just beg beg your indulgence, if I may, for thirty more seconds. Um, uh, and and pick a. Uh, there's a, a few of uh, images that have been in this album actually for for many months now because they relate to a much earlier show. But I'll I'll, I'll use them as examples anyway. They are um, sunset photos around Manhattan. Um, and lovely. these were originally taken um, uh, and added to this album, I think, to I don't know what number show it was, but it was a show about what, uh, what I think is a word, a made up word, which is videotography, which which in that context, we were using it to describe uh, the the action of, of t grabbing a still from a video. Uh, and these are all actually um, stills uh, grabbed from a video shot on a phone um oh. and uh for me um and for who i am um it's absolutely proof that if you want to take more interesting photos point your camera at more interesting stuff <laughs> and probably do it at sunset as well <laughs> from a boat <laughs> good um, but but they but they so uh, and technically they are technically in terms of the image quality you know there's banding in the sky and stuff like that yeah but 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 yeah not not in all of them but it um you know they're, they're not technically perfect by any means but you know this was an experiment on my part which is i had some video and i wondered if i could capture some images from it and you know what if you squint at this from a bit of a distance and you don't print it out too big you're probably <laughs> gonna get away with it <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> there we go. That was my choices, uh, which means it's Ema's turn now. Um, okay. Um, I talked about the crows quite a bit last week, um, so I won't dwell on those, but there's some of those in there if anybody uh, wants to have a I look love at them. Those. Um, um, uh, this week, or well, not this week, it's probably two weeks ago now because I don't think I took one picture this week. It's been so busy. Um, I got a really nice rainbow. The entire rainbow. On my phone, obviously. So um, I posted that into the uh, into the shared album. And one that I, I was inspired to go back through the archives to look for something. And I found, if you see the one of the guy on the tightrope. Um, oh, that one I like a lot. Yeah, it's that's from my iPhone 4. And it's a few years old now at this stage. Um, that was a really interesting event. Um, that guy was called Christopher Bull and he had a tightrope across the river shore and you can see all the people in it there. It was just, he tightroped across the river, but uh, on the way he stopped, he had a little backpack on his back. You can see it there. Um, he stopped, he sat down, he took out a frying pan, he fried an egg and he ate it and he put it all back in his bag and he walked the rest <laughs> of the way across the river. You know, when you got to eat, you really have to eat. It was one of the funnest things that I've ever seen happen. But obviously, the quality of my iPhone 4 now at the time, even um, you can see it's, it's heavily, it's blown. I've blown it to pieces, but well, it's effective, I think. I think, I think it makes it's, a nice it's, silhouette. 
it is really a, 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 it feels well rounded to me because he's obviously wearing kind of old timey clothes and the, yeah. the the hat and stuff and you gave it this grungy feeling that looks like it was taken in I don't know eighteen ninety and that uh, that goes together really well. Now the, the people with their smartphones in the Ignore front, they give it the away. Harvest. They give it away. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And the Garda. <laughs> but other than that, it is it it really evokes some uh, some very specific emotion with me because it yeah. is this whole package. It yeah, it reminded me a little bit of Mary Poppins, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, chimney sweeps up on the roofs and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I don't, he uh, had a bowler hat. Yes, yeah. 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 That's a very yeah. British Have viewpoint. You? Have you printed these at all ever? Um, I've, I think I've printed that one quite small just to see what, how it would come out, and it's dreadful. Um, if, <laughs> if you had them as a little pocket, you know, maybe a little instamatic size type print, they'd work. I think you could make that, a beautiful think, print of this. You just, yeah. Um, I think, I think you, you know, this. I've threatened to maybe take it back into something else and try and give it a bit of depth or something. Um, and it maybe there's you could do something with it then, you know, some really nice tasty textures or, um, mm. because that, it was very basic at the time. Like, uh, yeah, so, it could yeah. be good to go and revisit stuff and re-edit stuff. Except sometimes it 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 feels good to go back and do that. I I I I go back uh, to my photos sometimes and and say no, you know, do you know what? I, I I overdid this or I underdid that or you know it's just blatantly the wrong color palette I chose in in mm-hmm. post or or whatever you know whatever it is you know and and it's sometimes it can be fun to go back and do stuff. I, yeah. I do this regularly, especially when I work on a project and I need to pick out some photos from my catalog and I go back to some older stuff and I cringe because <laughs> it's, like, oh, it's way overdone. I need to change this. I'm I'm better now. But, uh, you know, I'm in good company. I think Ansel Adams did that a lot with his photos, too. <laughs> he reprinted the same photos over and over again. Yes. Although he, uh, often he's, got, often he's got more and more processed, didn't they? He's got it's darker true, yeah. and darker and darker, actually, o- over time, a lot of it. I remember not so long ago seeing um, uh, a series of prints of the same image, Ansel Adams' pr- um, uh prints and and they really did get darker and darker and darker and it's quite astonishing how how different the the final that you know the ninth print was from the first print it's mm. interesting stuff i recently okay. saw a show of sarah moon's photography and uh, i don't know if you guys are aware of her her work as a fashion photographer very popular in the 80s um uh i I had the pleasure of kind of working in Milan at the same time as her, and she did a lot of work for Italian Vogue, French Vogue. And um, I saw a show of hers recently that were all done in dye transfer on handmade paper that were stunningly beautiful, some of them four and five feet tall. Um, and these were kind of reprints of old work, but they were magical because they were using some of the most amazing technology in terms of inks but very traditional layering of of you know dye transfers where you're 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 laying one one color over the other and they were just magnificent paintings and there's a great example of going back to your work and using maybe new technologies or a new point of view to really bring out the best in these images that when you originally shot them had maybe another intention 
Mm. There you go. There we go. Yeah, interesting. I don't stuff. do that. <laughs> <laughs> do, you, just, do you have a Do you have a link to some of her work? Is that some of that? Uh, no, but I think it's easy to find. Sarah Moon. Yeah, I think if you just the art of Sarah Moon, Sarah M O O. Ah, yeah. There we go. Okay, okay. We'll definitely put no, a link to. That's not right. That's another ceremony. Ah, okay. French yeah, photographer, a, filmmaker. French photographer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah French founder, photographer. Found her Wikipedia page. Yeah. Okay, that's a good starting point. We'll put that in the show notes yeah, as well. Very, very, very strong. Mm. So wonderful. What? So, so, so this is this is the main section of our show, of course. So we should probably be asking ourselves the proper question, shouldn't we? What does what does all this mean for the future of photography? <laughs> <laughs> You know, we have to get we have to shoehorn that question in on our hundredth show. It's 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 supposed to be our thing, isn't it? So <laughs> yes, well, I think, you're right. You know, I I I think just just kind of continuing our our discussion about kind of printing or exposing uh, our images to the world in ways that perhaps were not available yesterday that are available today and won't be available today, but may be available tomorrow. That creates a very, very interesting um, path for us to be continually open to new presentation technologies, um, you know, whether they be, um, how about, you know, rent a absolutely beautiful moment on a billboard in a public place to put your images on. You know, there may be services that allow that to present one's art into you know, in, into the into the world, things that we really can't imagine. Like uh, we've talked about this briefly about reusable paper, or you know, new forms of book printing. Um, you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, um, I, th I I still think def definitely that all of these types of the the pr printing and production uh, physical uh, uh, things. Uh, for me, are always going to be part of the future of photography. I mean, you know, I've talked, you know, the 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 things that yeah, I I've put into our shared album here uh, for the, for this show are things that have been created using technology. Um, uh, yeah, fa fairly modern technology. You know, things that have only been possible in the last few years, uh, largely, and and uh, that's. You know that that that's been sort of the the nature of how I thought about identifying images. But what what do I do with these images? I mean, so, some of them uh, I, I have a, as prints. Um, I'm quite partial to um, very um, uh, very bright, colourful, uh, glossy prints on aluminium backing at the moment. Um, and uh, so, so I've ordered a, a few of those recently. Um, there's, 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 there's even some. It was funny when I was at the uh, the photography show uh, in the the UK's you know, big, biggest photography trade show uh, earlier this year. Um, there were even quite a few stands at the show that were specialising in different types of prints and different types of books and you know um, all, all sorts of things and and it, you know uh, th those were some of the most interesting things for me to see so uh, i um I'm, I'm definitely up for doing doing more printing as as well as for um punishing pixels <laughs> I, have, we, have we ever by the way have we ever discussed the book printing on the show 
Mm, not yet. I don't think probably we have. A good, no. It's probably a good mm-hmm. subject for us to But speaking attack. of printing, when I, uh, this must be 10, 11 years ago, I experimented with uh, some pigment printers, pigment ink printers, which uh, aren't dissolved inks, but like little particles that lie on top of the paper. And you can get really sharp and really crisp images that way. And you can also print on a whole bunch of materials that are otherwise hard to print on. And we exp- I know we re- remember we re- experimented with things like kitchen towels, for example, um, which worked astonishingly well. Wow. So for me, that was 11 years ago. That was one of the, a bit of a future of photography moment because I was like, wow, you can print on things. And that's that was before we started to seeing all the aluminum prints and things like that. Was that so, like Giclée printing or something? Yeah, pretty pretty much yes, but yeah, but yeah. with colors that are that are not dissolved, so they don't soak into the paper. They lie on top of the paper. Hey, okay. mm, lovely process. Mm. I'm I'm gonna do a series of prints on silk. Oh, the there we go. Month, so I'll I'll let you know how that goes. <laughs> there we go. Mm. Yeah. So pick picks. Yeah, I think uh, we want to do some picks, but in a different way. Adrian, you made a suggestion to mix it up for episode 100. <laughs> well, I did, actually. So it was uh, it was a, a forward look, I think, uh, of, uh, uh, of picks. So, um, you know, along the lines of, um, you know, wild speculation let's just call it wild speculation let's 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 do what it says in the show notes and call it wild speculation yeah the, just yeah in the same way that we we've looked back a little bit further that you know uh, for our photo highlights what, what do we think uh what do we think is going to be the crazy stuff that that people are going to laugh at us for in a couple of years or five years or 15 years when it's not happened you know um uh you know where, where do we think uh where what would we like to see or where do we think it's going? Or what do we think is currently missing that we, we you know, that, that people should be investing in developing? Um, you know, uh, I mean, Chris, what do you what do you think about this? Okay, let let me take a stab at both the, the like the five years picture and the fifteen years picture. For me, um, within the next five years, I mean, I okay, I'll, I'll make I make this a prediction, even okay. <laughs> so, mm. Go for it. Be <laughs> bold. Mm. Um, no, I mean it's very it's very simple. Big cameras will lose their importance much more than they but they're already losing their importance, mm-hmm. and we will be doing more things um, like uh, what I think it would call virtual photography. Um, uh, Jeremiah, you are in the in the film production business, and uh, we've briefly scraped uh, over virtual production in the in the video field, which I think we should at one point talk a bit yeah, more about but but virtual production in the in the in the movie world is pretty much compositing of backgrounds and foregrounds and things in real time in camera so you end up with yeah. a final product that pops right out of the camera and yeah. the same thing is definitely going to happen with photography where the depth information that cameras have uh is is going to allow for uh, live compositing so you can take yeah. that picture of your friend in the in the sahara without being there that kind of stuff without having to post process but to do it right away i think we'll see that in five years yeah evidently the the new iphone has this uh, thing called deep fusion which i've read a bit about um it's not something that you can find in the phone but in the t- processing and one of the images it captures is depth information yes 
Yes, yes. Well, the, and, the, and then applies it. With the two or three cameras, they, they have a lot of that information now, and uh, it's only going to become more. So that's kind of my five-year outlook, and my 15-year <laughs> outlook um, is I think that photography will f fundamentally change into, uh, I, I want to call this photographic archaeology, which means that we will record everything on all the time from, from all angles. There will be cameras. They will capture things in which way ever. But uh, this will create a, a pool of of data that will then computationally we will be able computationally to reconstruct any and all photography from that pool. So it's not real photography. We'll be doing this in some sort of a headset. We'll walk around in this three D space and um, we'll be able to almost like like now in a science fiction to to rewind time and go back to last week 6 p.m uh and then look at that scene and uh and and reframe it and take a photo this way and it might not even be an actual photo it'd be some 3d printed scene that pops out i think that the police departments worldwide are just uh, waiting for the day when oh, the, uh, the whole when the whole CCTV cameras are the whole privacy thing is definitely the, I'm, I'm not even talking about that. This is wide <laughs> open at this point. Come no, to I, London. I'm actually <laughs> I'm actually talking about like you know a, a, a multiplicity of high resolution CCTV cameras that oh, yeah. enables one to reconstruct any point in time in any dimension, recreate it, move yes. through it, and find. You that's know, that's photographic archaeology. You you dig yeah. you dig through the big big bucket of data and you create yeah. photos from that. Okay, is it coming. okay to sound to say that that sounds really sad? It, is it well, really? It sounds it it sounds uh, scary and it sounds invigorating at the same time. There's always what I you know have said the laws of unintended consequences is that we give up our privacy once and for all. Completely. But just imagine, oh, yeah. imagine Adrian, you can go anywhere in the world and and pretty much be there and take photos without leaving your, I don't that, know, without, that, without but, leaving the but that's like, that but you that, live that's in. Like, that's like going and buying a band t-shirt from a record shop instead of getting it at the gig. <sighs> yeah, I think the difference yeah. is, I, I, I think what Chris is saying is, when that happens, global warming. Yeah, will be you know, so we won't be able to travel anyway. Yeah, you won't, won't be able, able to actually to travel. travel. Well, you know, you yeah. know, standards change, and and I th I think the 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 line between what's real and what's virtual, the, those are going to blur much more than they already are. Ooh. Okay, all right. Uh, Has anybody um, got a happy idea? <laughs> I do. <laughs> that was dystopian. I, I, I do. I, I have a happy idea. Or it, go for it. Go for a, it. It's more of a plea than than an idea. But um, I just want to say that that in terms of the U.S. economy, and this data is maybe two years old because they've finally compiled it, that the art sector contributed. $763.6 billion to the U.S. economy, Whoa. which is more than agriculture or transportation. Oh. And to that end, I find it absolutely imperative that our entire education system worldwide should focus as much on teaching children 
the arts, how to lateral think, how to be creative. It's as important as math or engineering or medicine or law. The, the idea that arts education, certainly in this country, is being diminished as something that is more playful or, or not valuable or too easy or a way out uh, of, of doing, quote, a real um, a real career is absolutely antithetical to the actual facts. That Amen. Crea- yeah, creative yeah, work. Amen for me too. Being yeah. an artist, working in that, contributes more to society. It allows a much happier life. It teaches you how to think and adjust in much different ways. And um, that is my plea uh, to the future. And for some reason, people think it's okay to pay you in exposure. Like that's going to pay your mortgage and feed your children and stuff like that. It's just, it seems expected almost of anybody who works in the arts that you will give more than, you know, you you agreed to for the same money or whatever, you know. I mean, yeah, I mean, even, you know, even in, I mean, we feel it here certainly in, in Hollywood, where you have the, you know, the major studios, broadcasters, etc., are effectively banks. They don't really create anything there. They distribute and finance. But their respect for artists uh, has so been kind of devolved. You know, the, I feel that corporately, um, creative people are interchangeable until they become a brand, um, which is, you know, based on, you know, luck, timing, one's looks, making choices that just hit these, I guess, at the right time. But whatever it is, unless unless you are a big brand, uh, you have very little value. And that's why in if you're an actor, if you're a big actor, you get a lot of money and then everyone else gets pretty much scale. And that, that is... Um, you know, I'm not saying that life is fair, but I'm saying that we in this society do not have enough respect for the creative process and creative individuals, and we don't value them as much as we should. I I, I agree with that. Can I can I jump in here with one of my forward looks then? Because I think it, it it builds on what you've just been saying. Um, because I think there's a the, there's a business thing, uh, the, an underpinning business thing that I would like to see. Uh, and I don't know the answer to all of this stuff, but you know, I, I think it is important culturally that we develop some way to protect the work and protect the rights of the creators of, of the work uh, that, that we wish to see. Because here, here. Uh, it, it's, you know, now, now this stuff doesn't impact me because I, I have the luxury of being a complete amateur, uh, and long may it stay that way. Um, but the uh yeah but but if we are to to support the people who who push forward our global culture in these directions um we need to have systems in place to protect them now a while back you know we, th- those things were called copyrights and and things like that and and actually that was a a more or less policeable situation and now of course it's not technology is as as run amok uh, and is far ahead of uh, of any way uh, any legal and and economic way of controlling things um but so i would like to see a system to do that 
Now, you know, some have tried. You know, even Kodak tried. Well, Kodak sort of launched or announced uh, a blockchain-based system, didn't they? We did an episode I, on that. <laughs> we, we did. It never amounted to anything. But yeah, there are people out there who are trying to do this stuff. Now, whether blockchain as a technology is the answer to this is, is not my point. Uh, my point is, I think, that we do need to find out a way of, of, of protecting what we have and what we are about to lose. Can um, I- it's, Can I just respond to that for just one sure. second? Because I really feel the technology does exist to protect creative works, but the the kind of um, economic motivations to create the infrastructure to do it is not really in the interests of those who need to employ it. Um, and that's, that is a problem in and of itself. I mean, if we just take... Take the film business, um, and I am on the political action committee of the Directors Guild of America and meet constantly with politicians, senators, congress people, etc., and looking for ways to obviate, uh, let's just take Google. If you want a copy of a movie, you just have to Google it. It will lead you down a garden path um, to that movie and enable you um, with a you know a three-step program to pull that movie out, not pay any of the people who financed it, who worked on it, and I include the studios there too. So, you know, how, what do we do? I mean, it, it's a bigger question of censorship, controls, filtration, uh, investment. These are very, very big social uh, discussions and in the u.s arguments um, <laughs> yeah so it and, and as i say i don't i don't have all the answers to this um you know i can look at the music industry which is let's say 20 years into its digital revolution um you know i i watch uh, old documentaries of when elo could go on tour with with a sp- uh, a spaceship <laughs> and they could tour and lose millions but that's okay because they made it up all in album sales now the music industry has flipped on its head because the, the the sale of music doesn't earn any money anymore but actually as a musician you do have the ability to you know to 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 perform uh, and the the performance is is a way that you can make money a few weeks ago i went to see a band called living color uh, and oh, i uh, love <laughs> good yeah, they. I I last saw Living Color play in the early '90s, and they've been touring for 30 years now. It's the same four guys, all of them amazing <laughs> musicians. It's the original lineup. As far as I'm aware, they've never split. Sometimes they do, you know, private projects, but they still tour all the time. Uh, and you know, they, they were amazing. But uh, but that in in the world of photography and possibly in other. Um, non-performance arts, um, you know, that, that, that's not a solution that is readily available, you know, uh, and, and so what I'd like to see to, to underpin the future of photography is some system of doing that, because that is the way that we will push our culture forward. You know, that is the way that we will enable the artists to, to grow and to, to, to build bodies of work that, that takes our art form forward and so that's what i'd like to see and then on a completely lighter note um uh just for fun and creativity in the short term as ever i wish somebody would make a better instant camera <laughs> but and by oh, better me i mean too, one with me a lens too. that's worth but by which i mean one with a lens that's worth using and a bit of control so i can actually choose what i'm taking a photo of <laughs> not plastic either 
Well, like now, I do have one. one with a glass lens. I do have it, the the Lomography Instant Square camera. I have. Uh, I, it, I have that one. I have the yeah. wide one. Uh, I haven't got the wide one actually, but the square one has a glass lens. Um, but but most of them, of course, don't. Um, and I'd love to get see a, get a Leica uh, Sofort. Yeah, I have the <laughs> I, I have the Fuji version of that. So um, already, um, <laughs> but still, it's still not a lot of control there. I, no, 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 not it's not. No, no, no it's no. not. But it is about the only Leica I could justify buying. So. <laughs> 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 so uh well we haven't heard from Ema. what's your forward Ema? <laughs> you know i i was thinking about it there um i've got one um that i planned but i just thought of a question for chris you know the way you take people on tours um here there and everywhere do you ever envisage a time when you'll take them off planet <laughs> ask, ask it again i didn't i didn't catch that would you ever envisage a time when you get to take a tour a photography tour off planet as a tourist, Ooh, that's a good one. I like that. A Mars, a Mars. Okay, well, if if I if I could do this, my first, my first, uh, my my first goal would be to take people up to the ISS. Oh yeah, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? I I do I do have this. There's this. There's a little VR experience where you get to float around in the ISS and have a look at oh, things. That'd and be fun. Gives it gives gives you a pretty good idea of what it's like up there. Might not Stinky. be. It's 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 you don't you don't get that in VR just yet. It's not smell of vision, but <laughs> it's a virtual gra- virtual anti gravity. So you're and and, and you still have ground, gravity on the ground. Oh, yeah. is that weird? Well, it's it's kind of a bit of a disconnect in your head, yeah. but uh, we'll we'll get over that sooner or later. <laughs> um, d- but yeah, of course. Hey, I would if 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 <laughs> if it was kind of safe. To go to Mars with people? Hey, why not? <laughs> cool. I'm not sure I'll, it'll happen in my, in my lifetime, but uh, if it would, I would do this, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think, uh, and if, if, unless you've got another one, Ema, I think that is probably a really good place to wind up the show. <laughs> <laughs> Photo uh, tours to Mars one. with Chris Mark. <laughs> I can see the website now. <laughs> well, at, at, that, at, at that point, it'll be so far in the future that it's probably going to be virtual photo tours that people can take from home. Ooh, Chris Mark, what the first? Yes, and I will, be a com- I will be a hologram. I will be computer rendered and uh, fully automated. Made it uh, AI kind of thing. Okay, well there we, we go. There, so, so it's taken us hundred shows. It's, it's taken us a hundred shows. To get to the moon, <laughs> but we finally answered the question: What is the future of photography? <laughs> <laughs> Chris Marquardt photo tours on Mars. Yes, it's a good one. <laughs> Okay. All right. Brilliant. A great. Uh, a luxurious, indulgent conversation. Thank you all. Um, and, and, and thank you again to our listeners who, who've listened to some or, or all of the shows over the last nearly two years. Um, we'll be, uh, I'm really looking forward to taking this into the next hundred or thousand or whatever shows, um, you know, uh, that, that we get to do. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy making this podcast. Um, it's, it's always one of the high points in my week. And, um, you know, we, uh, yeah, very much a privilege to be able to do this sort of thing. Well, thank um, you. Ed- thank you, the three of you, for first and foremost, for, uh, for uh, kind of putting up talking. with me on this and for talking <laughs> and for being here, for making the time. And, of course, everyone who's listening, um, you're the best audience we could wish for. Oh, group hug. Yeah. <laughs>
Virtual group. Okay, so um, oh, and I po apologize for going over time. This is almost one and a half hours. So, um, I yeah, but the jackhammers will begin in a moment. That's that's what the pause button on your podcast player is for, <laughs> um, which I should have said in the beginning, I guess. Anyway, we will put as many of the links as we as we can into the show notes, so you can follow along with a few of the things. Don't forget to check out the photos and uh yeah i think that covers it for today you'll find us and all the other episodes uh, in the feed but also on the future of photography.com and of course don't forget to share your photos your quirky smartphone whatever photos that uh, that you took with a modern camera or maybe even with an old one and process it in a modern way and share them on your favorite social media with the hashtag TFOPNOW, T-F-O-P-N-O-W. And we'll be back in a week from now. Until then, take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.